0: morning everybody how you doing good to see you we're one week into the new year how's the new year been so far uh looking at culture it's been a little crazy a little interesting right um some things uh happening um you know football with uh damar hamlin never seen that uh kind of thing happen and glad that he's doing well but um kind of seeing that last last uh, monday was shocking Uh, We had our, uh, you know, we finally have a Speaker of the House, took 15 tries, but we have that. And uh, if that's any indication on what this next year is going to look like, boy, we're in trouble. All right, hold on tight. Um, Let's just see what happens. But here, you know, I don't know what this year is going to look like. We don't know what kind of things will happen, how crazy it's going to get. But my desire for the church is that things are not crazy here. We don't want crazy happening here. We want to be stable. We want things to continue smooth. We want to be on purpose and on mission and keep moving forward as we follow Christ. So that is our goal, and that's a little bit what I want to talk to you about today. But, you know, last week we talked about kind of looking back. We looked back to this last year and um, kind of held that moment and kind of thought about some things, processed some things. Today and in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking forward Where are we going as a church? Where's the church in the United States? Where are we going as Ambassador Church? So I'll spend a few minutes on that. Um, This last couple weeks ago, Corey Newhoff wrote a few things. He's a guy I pay attention to. He writes a lot about churches. And he gave some trends. And I thought it was just some interesting things. I want to share a couple with you. Talking about generations and ministry. so He talked about generations and just how uh, uh, things to pay attention to. So the boomers, where are our boomers, all right? We have several boomers in here, right? Um, be proud. Be proud. This is good. But uh, you just talked about, you know, boomers, they are, they have been uh, the stability of the church for so many years, right? They, they've been, uh, for me, my, you know, parents and that generation that kind of watched build the church and, you know, that. But the boomers are getting older. Some are retired. Some are nearing retirement. And so they are playing kind of a, a diminished role right now. They're going to be joining the silent generation. We have some of you in here too. They're going to be uh, playing that generation uh, or joining that generation. They're not going to be quite as involved in, in the church. They're, uh, they're going to, their attendance is a little bit less. Their giving is, it might, you know, where they used to be really generous, they're living on a fixed income now, so it might be reduced. He said, so pay attention to that, all right? He said the 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 generation that's biggest in the church these days, the largest generation, is guess who? Our millennials. All right? Millennials are like the largest generation in the church right now. Reason for that is because they embrace the online and the in-person, right? So some of the other generations haven't really embraced the online as much, but they have. And so they are, um, you know, it's not... I think we all saw the un- online, how it was helpful, but it kind of, uh, it wasn't totally satisfying. And the millennials have said, yeah, we like the online, we like that, but we really like to be in person too. So there's, they're, they're very involved in the church. But the spiritually uh, hungry generation is our youngest, the generation Z, right? They, they're, our, they're like tw- the 25 and under, you know, those generations that always blend a little bit, you never know, but 25 and under. They are the most unchurched generation, right? They're conflicted. They're struggling. But they're the most open to questions, having questions in faith and having um, conversations about faith and seeing, you know, where God is in all of this. And so it's just interesting to look at where we look at where the future is going in these next few years, where our generations fit. What about ministry style? He talked about that too. He said, one, online ministry is here to stay right? It's, it's just a part of who we are. It's a part of our culture, but um, it's not going to be the only thing. We, we need this. Our, our culture craves, you know, being together as well, but it is something that we're going to be part of. Uh, he talked about volunteerism in the future, and it's, it's in a crisis mode right? People are not volunteering. One, because of just coming out of COVID and, you know, you got out of rhythm, right? You were serving and then you stopped and you haven't quite got back into rhythm. But he said also because of the boomers. Boomers have been a generation that has been very committed to serving. But like I said, they're getting older, there's some health issues, and they're not quite serving in the church as well. Millennials, you're doing the online one week and here the next week and that kind of thing, so you're not consistent in your volunteerism. And so that leaves it to guess who? Generation X, all right? That's me. That's my generation. We're kind of the forgotten. People talk about boomers, millennials, you know, don't talk about Gen X. We like it that way. (laughs) But guess what, guys? You you get to carry the church on your shoulders. This is your time. This is your year, all right, to step up into serving, volunteering, uh, giving, right? This is our time so that's those are kind of some of the things going on here's oh one last one this is a this is a good one this is encouraging uh, i guess uh the pastors around the country are are not as burnout out as they used to be um that was a trend that that um got, got kind of got its peak about march uh, 2022 last year there's about 42 percent of pastors were burnout. out it's almost half right compared to back in 2017 it was like 11 percent like one in ten But uh, it really hit that peak. A lot of pastors were burned out. But now that trend is dipping over the remainder of 2022. So that's good. So hopefully that continues. But that's just kind of where the state of the church is in the United States. Kind of interesting, right? Where are we at? Where's Ambassador Church at? Well, we've had our issues. We've had our struggles, too, right over the years. It's been interesting to watch. Uh, As I look back, I mean, I've been here for 16 years, almost 17. Our church is, this is our 20th anniversary this year, by the way. Um, So our church is 20 years old. Uh, When I look back, there's been a lot of great moments, a lot of moments I look back and see um, over the years how God has been using us. But if we look back before COVID, 2019, like, that was a good time in our church, right? We had two campuses, two thriving campuses. Things were going good. We had a lot of staff. We had 20 staff members. Uh, that When we have staff meeting on Tuesdays, 20 people showing up to that. And um, things were just good. There was a good momentum. Was, the giving was good and all that. And then, as you guys know, COVID hit. You know, all this kind of stuff happened over the two years. Last year was this year of transition. We went from two campuses to one right? We went from, uh, you know, 18, 19 staff to nine, eight staff, right? Uh, But we had a bunch of part-time, and now they're full-time and all that. So some good things happened, but it it was kind of a year of pause, right? We didn't do a lot. We we tried to do ministry, and we did the best we can. We did some great, great things, but it was a, a year of transition. And so now, 2023, where are we at? We have people that are raring to go, like, come on, I am ready to go. Press the gas, let's move. We got people that are, are committed, but they're still tired, right? Still, life is, is, is crazy and hectic. We have people that are still trying to figure out, are they committed or not? We have people that are maybe have lost friends and, and lost community, and they're almost detaching. right? We've got people all over the map. Today january 8 2023 i want to call us together i want to call us together to wherever you're at whether you're raring to go or you're disconnecting to come and be a part of what we're doing here to come and just to, to look and see the mission of god what he's called us to what he's called the church in america to be what he's called us as ambassador church to be i calling us to recommit to refocus Today, we're calling our our message, Focusing. The next few weeks, we'll be kind of refocusing. And there's two reasons why you need to focus. Two reasons. One is for eyesight. You know, things are blurry, and they need to get in focus. The other reason is because you're distracted. You're distracted. There's so much going on. You need to focus. Like, oh, quiet down. I need to focus. Right? And I wonder if that kind of is uh, a picture of the church, our church, you know. Things are blurry. Things are kind of, you know, I, I can't quite see right. I don't know where we're going. I don't know who we are, what we're doing. We need to focus our sight. Or maybe the distraction. There's so much going on. What are we supposed to look at? I, I need to focus on something here. And so what we want to do over these uh, next couple weeks is really look at who we are. Who has God called us to be? and What is our focus? And so I hope through that that things will get a little bit less blurry, less uh, confusing, and that we'll be able to focus on really who we are as a body of Christ. So that's what we'll be looking at in these next few weeks. So hopefully you'll join us with that. Hopefully you'll jump in and say, where are we going? Who, who are we as a church and what part, do I get to play in God's mission, right? So let's start with that. What do we, we got to get on mission. What do we mean when I say let's get on mission? It's when I write that in my Google Doc, it always puts a blue line that says, you're not doing it right. It's to get on the mission. But that's not what I mean. I, I, we want to get on mission, all right? It's intentional phrase with that. And what does that mean? Here's what it means. We, we have a purpose, We have a reason why the church exists. We have a reason and a purpose for why we gather. And all of that is because of the mission of God. We are here because we're part of God's mission. And so what we want to do is we want to know what that mission is so that we can have a purpose. So that we could follow along with the generations that have been before us and to keep proclaiming The glory of God. You know, this morning I came in here early. And I get to church early and I kind of get my mind around the message. But before I do any of that, before I even have coffee, I come in here. turn on the lights and I just walk around and I pray through this sanctuary. Pray up these, down these aisles. Pray for you sitting in these seats. Some of you, I know where you sit so I can pray for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this morning I I came in here and I, I was just struck with uh, you know this church was built in 1966 and I'm just thinking about the men and women who built this church who put in the funds who put in the sweat equity I mean I've heard that literally they came and cut the lumber and nailed things together we don't really do that these days you know let the contractors do that but back in the day they they built this church right and we have an organ up here we haven't used We don't really use it. I would love it. If anyone wants to play the organ some Sunday, great, let's do it. But we don't use that. We have a choir loft up here. These doors kind of go to the choir room. We don't use that. We haven't used that. I haven't used a a choir for quite some time. There's a couple robes in the back if you are interested, part of our heritage, but uh, not many. I don't know what happened to them. We have a bell up in the top up here that you might see when you drive in uh, we actually rang it on sun on uh on christmas sunday so you know christmas maybe on easter we'll ring it So twice a year we ring it and all that but um, and i was just saying like lord we don't you know this organ was put here we had a choir the bell like we don't use that but yet the church is still here and the church is not an organ a choir or a bell the church is a bell. it was built on the the premise to be a light in this community right to, to witness the glory of Christ here in this community. The, the purpose of this church, this gathering, this sanctuary is to proclaim the gospel. To teach the gospel so we could go out and live it. Those were things that was part of this church for the last 50 plus years. And those are the things we get to hold on to. That's what I mean by being on mission. Having a purpose. Right? Why is this church here? To be on mission. So let me talk just a few minutes about that. What The mission. You've got the mission of God. You have a mission of Jesus. You have the mission of the church. Mission of God. Like, what was God's mission? Like, He created this world. He created men and women and put them in this world. And He called out from those men and women this nation, this nation of Israel. And He gave us this mission. He said, he said, although the whole earth is mine, this is in Exodus 19. He said, that, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He's calling Israel, saying, you're a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. I'm going to use you to proclaim my holiness, to proclaim my glory in those nations, those nations that are in the dark. You are going to be the light pointing them to me then jesus comes and lives his life and his ministry and the church is born right but the, it's interesting when peter talks about the mission he doesn't talk about israel anymore he talks about the church he says this in first peter 2 9 he says to the, you to the church but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation see those same words a holy nation god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light you church a holy nation nation you're the kingdom of god kingdom of heaven you're a holy nation to go proclaim the glory of god to proclaim the glory that brought you out of darkness and brought you into the light God has put a mission in our hearts. What about Jesus? Jesus had a mission too. Jesus, when he came to earth, it wasn't just accidental. It just wasn't, oh, I showed up one day. No, he was on mission. Jesus' mission was to to do the will of God and to bring him glory. Here's how Jesus describes it out of the Gospels, out of John, verse 6. He says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me, the Father. It says in John 12, he says, For I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And in Luke, as he's in Nazareth, as he's in the synagogue, as he opens up Isaiah He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news of the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then in Matthew chapter 9, he says, for I have come to call sinners to repentance. Jesus has come to do the will of God, right, to bring the light to set prisoners free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to call sinners into repentance. That was his mission. He went to the cross. He died for us. He died. He was buried. He was resurrected. God was pleased with his sacrifice. He opened up the door for salvation for us. So God has this mission that includes his people. Jesus has this mission that brought salvation. But now what about the church? What are we doing here? Why are we here? What's our mission? The church was created by God. It was founded and owned by Jesus. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we have a purpose. A few different things here. we will say this. The church, the mission of the church is to make disciples, okay? Shouldn't surprise anybody who's been in the church for quite some time, to make disciples. Some of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples as he's sending them off into the world, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded. Make disciples, teach them to obey right? Disciples, they're followers of Jesus. Uh, The word apprentice has been used. I've been hearing that more and more. I I like it. I like it. It has some good meaning. Uh, uh, Apprentice, someone who's following someone and learning their skill, learning everything about them so they could become like them. Years ago, we got a chance to go to Sweden and Norway and we were in when we were in norway we were with some friends and they took us to a glass blowing uh, factory and um, they were related to a guy who blows glass in norway who's like the most famous in all of norway Uh, he's actually has his own postage stamp right i just want a bobblehead of myself that would be like i made it but he had a postage stamp that is that's amazing and he was the one that was teaching us how to blow glass and let me tell you, it looks so easy. You know, you just spin that little thing and blow in it. But, oh, man, it is, it is hard. And after several attempts, none of us in our family could even do it. They just <sighs> fell down. But he had apprentices with him. There was a, a group of people that were learning from him. And they were learning his skill. They were watching him. They were listening to him. He was coaching them and showing them how to do it so that they could be just as good or even better than him. That's the apprentice. The church, right? We are disciples. We are to become apprentices of Jesus. And we're to bring people along with that journey to be like him, to think like him, to feel like him, to do what he does. Mission of the church to make disciples. The mission of the church is also to glorify Christ, to glorify Christ. Ephesians 1 talks about, it says that in Christ we were chosen in order that we might be for the praise of His glory. That we, we've been chosen to bring Him praise. To bring glory to His name. Right? We are to uh, learn from Him and then we exalt Him. We praise Him. We worship Him. Reflecting Him in this world. You ever go out maybe at night in the backyard, and you, you look up and, and you see the moon. It's beautiful, right? I mean, the full moon that's all bright, it's so beautiful. You don't even have to turn on your lights. You can kind of walk around. And you, don't, you don't have to uh, turn on your own lights because the, the light is refre- reflecting from the moon. But if you, I mean, the moon, if you think about it, it's, it's just a rock. It's dirt right? And dust, like there's nothing really beautiful on the moon of itself, right? We see pictures, it's craters and all that. There's not a lot of beautiful things, but then when we look at it, when it's reflected, we say, that is so beautiful. You know, if you have good eyes, you can see some of the contours or some of the dimensions in there. Mine, I just see this circle, but when um, but you think about this, it's just, it's a, it's a rock, that reflects something beautiful, something more majestic than itself. The moon doesn't have any lights. It's not pushing out any lights. But it's a reminder that when I can't see the sun and I can't feel the sun, that I know the sun is still there because I can see it off of the moon. That's us. That's the church. That's you. We reflect the glory of God to this world. There's going to be people that they don't see the Son or Jesus, they don't see God, they don't feel him, but they look and they see something in you, they see something in the church, and they say, there's got to be something there. What else can explain that reflection, that glory that the church gets to, we get to project that glory to this world, and we reflect the glory of Christ. We make disciples, right, we glorify Christ, The mission of the church is to transform saints to love and to holiness. To be in transformation, to continue to grow, right? There's so many verses, so many verses through the scriptures that talk about this transformation, that talk about how we are to care for one another, how we are to treat each other, to love each other, encourage each other, build each other up, to find peace, to restore one another, to be at unity John 13, 34, 35, just a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another, right? We, we are, as a church, we are to care for one another, we're to love, we're, we're, we're to encourage, but we're also to mature, right? To mature in our faith. Now, hear me carefully. I didn't say to change, to become more holy, right? I said to mature in that. And the reason for that is it's, it's intentional. Because if I were to say, you know, you need to, the, the purpose, the goal is to, for you to change and become more holy, it, what's that mean? It means that you're not holy and you, by your own works, have to change and become holy. And that's how a lot of people see things, even in the church. Oh, I'm I'm. I'm I'm just so full of sin. I need to change, and I need to become more like Jesus. But that's not the gospel. That is not what happens when Christ came to save us. When he saved us, he made us a new creation, and he made you holy. He made you holy. He changed you from the sinner to the saint, and you are the saint. You are the holy one. Hebrews says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters you are holy i'm talking to you you are the saint in hebrews 10 10 through 14 it says and the will and by that will he has made holy through the sacrifice of the body of jesus christ once and for all for by the sacrifice he's made perfect forever those who are in christ he has made you holy you have been made perfect When you came to Christ, it was like Christ took His DNA and He put it in you. And now we get to learn how to grow into that, how we 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 mature into becoming like Christ. Here's an example: If you were uh, walking around and you see a caterpillar on the ground, you might look at that caterpillar and you might point out, "Hey guys, there's a worm on the ground. Don't step on that worm." It's not a worm, that's, that's a caterpillar. A caterpillar is a butterfly, it's something special. It's not just a worm, you know, but it looks like a worm. But if you were to take the DNA of that, cat, of that caterpillar, you would find the DNA of a butterfly. It's just not there yet, but it has everything it needs to become a butterfly. It just takes that time to mature. And so with us, you are in Christ, you have been changed and you are holy. Now we just have to learn how to live and to grow into that. But I tell you, the more time you spend just hearing God's word speaking to you, that you are loved and you are chosen and you've been adopted and you've been, God has poured out his love on you, the more you receive that and who you are, a child of God, the more you sit and abide with Jesus and hear from him and, and see his love, the more that we grow the fruit of the spirit and the less that sin has a hold on us. It takes time. It takes time, but that's that transformation that happens as we mature and we grow into this holiness. Transformation is a it's natural, natural process for the Christian. So when we look at this... Uh, the mission of the church. You know, we, we see this mission, right? We're not gonna make disciples, right? We are to uh to reflect the glory of Christ. We are to transform, We can continue to mature into Christ. Because the question is, is whose job is that? Whose job is it? Is that the church's job to do that, or is it your job? How to what, what's all that look like? I'd say we the, the probably the, the good a good answer is we partner together, right? Uh, we don't want Christians just to be on, on their own, right? You need to be in a community. You need to be part of a church. But there's a, a, a part that we, you've got to be intentional. You've got to take this call and say, I'm going to live for that. Okay, work out my salvation with the Lord. All right? So I'm not going to just leave it to the church, but I'm going to be active in this. Uh, if if um, I have a wonderful dentist. If you were to ask my dentist and say, hey, what is, what's your goals for Ethan's oral hygiene, right? What are your goals? I've never asked him that. I don't know what he'd say, but I guess, I think he would say something like this. Um, my goal is for Ethan to take good care of his oral hygiene, right? That he would brush, he would floss, um, use the tools that are available, a uh, tongue scraper, water pick, I don't know, whatever. But that he would take ownership of his oral hygiene And he would partner with me twice a year. He would come get a cleaning that I would get into those places that he can't get, you know, get that little metal scraper and scrape off all those things that together we would partner together and and really create a a very clean mouth and healthy mouth for Ethan, right? Wouldn't it be crazy if I I just said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to partner. I'm just going to let him do it. You know, maybe I show up at his office once, uh, once a week and say, go ahead, clean me up. Like, no, that'd be terrible, right? Or once, you know, twice a year, I just show up and say, okay, I'm ready. No, he would say, we have failed at those goals. Or likewise, if he just said, I tell you what, you don't have to do anything. I'm just gonna show up at your house every morning, 9 a.m., how's that? Uh, maybe I'll be there at uh, 9 a.m., and then I'll come back at 7 at night, and we'll brush you up. I'll take care of you. You don't have to do a thing. How crazy that would be. Right? We don't do that with our oral health, right? Nor do we do it in the church. Right? We don't just come once a week and say, here I am, feed me. Right? I'm ready. No, it's something that we participate with, right? Uh, my goal, our goal as staff, right? We, we want to feed you. We want to prepare you. We want to help you right? How, know, yet, know how to use your Bible. Do you all have a Bible? I hope you do, at least online, right? If you don't have one, there's some in front of you. Just take them, all right? I want you to have them. I want them to be in your hands. I want you to read these. I want you to know how to use it, all right? I, I will pray here for you, but I want you to be able to talk to the Lord on your own. I want you to be able to develop a, a, a conversation with the Lord, where you talk to him about your day and about what's going on, praising him and asking for wisdom. I want you to be able to do that yourself. Even giving, right? Giving is something that I think you should do. I think it's important. I've been blessed by it. I give and, and our family gives and, and uh, that's something that I have to do. I will never show up to your house and say, all right, log me on to your bank account. I'm going to you know, work out your tithing for you. I will not do that. That's you. All right, we're, but we work together. Right? The church will come alongside. We're not going to uh, disciple your kids. We want to prepare you to disciple your kids. And we'll come and we'll teach and we'll, we'll help. But this is something you get to do. We do this together. That's a beautiful thing as we kind of look at this mission what we're called to yes there's a mission for the church but we're all a part of that and we're all a part of this mission we all get to do this we all get to glorify the lord and praise him we all get to make disciples and become disciples and grow and mature in our faith all right there you go mission of our church where are we at so all of that that i talked about is that's the church universal right Church, no matter what country it's in, things that the church is a part of. But where are we at? Ambassador Church. We're here in Anaheim. Uh, We're 20 years old now this year. Where are we at? What's our mission? If you've been around for a little while, you've heard our mission statement. Okay? It established 2003, 20 years ago. This was our mission statement. It says, to make and equip disciples of all nationalities to be Christ's ambassadors to all the nations by loving God, one another, and the world. A great mission statement. It covers a lot of ground, right? It talks about making and equipping disciples, right? Not just here, but of all nationalities, all around the world, to be ambassadors of Christ, to reflect him to everywhere, all the nations, Right? By loving God, loving one another in the world. Two great aspects our church was really built on. Inreach, upreach, and outreach. Right? We're going to reach up. We're going to worship him. We're going to reach in and care for each other. We're going to reach out and care for the world. So great language that our church was founded on. It was built. We became a multi-ethnic church with this kind of language. It was important for us. It was good. It gave us purpose. Talking to somebody recently, he said, this is why I get up. When I get up in the morning, I think of this, loving God, loving one another in the world. It gives me purpose, and I love it. But it's a long one. It's 24 words. In, uh, in the years that I've been here, we do membership interviews, and when I, in the membership interview, I say, what, can you tell me what the mission of the church is? And there's very few people that get this thing right. <laughs> Most people just say, uh, multi-ethnic, missional, multiplying. Is that good enough? Many people forget this, and I, I sometimes forget the words and what words go where and all that. I think I maybe get about 21 of the 24 words or whatever, but, um, but it's good, but it's time for a refresh, okay? So we have been looking at this for quite some time, our church leadership, our church staff, some of you have been involved in this conversation on who is God calling us, in, in over 20 years, things have changed. Look at our culture. Our culture has changed dramatically, right? The church has changed. And uh, so we're, we're just saying, like, who, Lord? Where are we? We've, we used to be a mobile church. We had so many different locations, and now we're here. So what does that mean? So we've been asking these questions, and so we've come up with this new, new mission. I mean, it's, is it the best in the world? Probably not right? Will it endure for another 20 years? I hope not. Probably not, right? But just where we're at right now to give us purpose and give us mission, where are we going? This is where we've come up. So I feel like I drum roll, please, you know. Um, but it's this. We exist to make the name of Jesus known. We exist to make the name of Jesus known. What is our purpose? We want to take this name of Jesus, and we want to know it ourselves. And when I say the name of Jesus, we'll talk more about this next week, right? But to know the character, to know him intimately, right? To become that disciple, to follow him. We want to know that, and we want to take that message to our community. We want to take it outside of these church walls, into these communities, into the schools, and into the neighborhoods. We want it to grow in your home, but also outside of your home, into your neighborhoods, into your work, where you study and where you play, where you hang out. Our purpose is not just to feed ourselves or take care of ourselves or get strong and fit. Our purpose is to make Christ known in this world. There are many people who don't know him. There are many people who who have no concept of a loving and forgiving God. have no concept of a God of mercy and care. And we want our culture to know that. We want our friends to know that. We want our families to know that. To give a little more color, all of this is motivated by God's love, right? It's his love that calls us. God has loved us from the beginning. He's loved us when we were enemies. Romans tells us that while we were enemies with God, he loved us. He called us. He sent his son to die for us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He pursued us. I love 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 to 12, talks about this. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into a world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. That's our motivation, that God initiated this love towards us and loved us with such passion, such completeness, He brought us out of the darkness into the light from being chained to bringing bringing us into his family, into his kingdom. And then saying, "You you are to go out to be a witness in this world, to reflect that love by loving each other, by loving the people in this community, the people that I love. You get to share that. So, friends, Ambassador Church, I'm calling us on mission. I'm calling us to focus. I'm calling us to get in line with what God has called the church to be, what He's called us to be. We have floated around, we have been busy, we've been distracted, we've been unfocused. But now, now's our time. You know, the world's gonna be crazy, right? Crazy things are gonna happen around us, right? Still, COVID is still a thing. It's still here and it's still, the viruses are still out there, right? We understand that. But we can't any longer just say, well, we're just gonna wait till it goes away. We're gonna wait till things stabilize. No, 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 right? The, the church, we're called to move. We are called on mission to get moving. And we are going to go proclaim the name of Jesus. We are going to make his name known. We're going to do it through love and through care. We're going to do it through worship. By loving one another and loving those that God has put in your life. So I'm calling us to refocus. To hear the mission of God and to join that. Will you join me? Will you, can we do that together? I don't know what all all is going to happen, but I'm hopeful, and I'm excited. I'm excited to just keep moving, to get some clarity, to get some alignment, and to get moving and following our our Lord, because he's called us on mission. We have a purpose, and I'm excited to live it out, and I hope that we can do it together. Amen?